2: 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com
4: Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, Lincoln, Nebraska. Happy Wednesday. Welcome into old school on 93.7 The Ticket, TheTicketFM.com. You'll be hearing a familiar voice. Today, as somebody decided to finally come back from their vacation—a much deserved vacation—DP is back, everybody. Jay Foreman's still here, and I am Rico. Old School, brought to you by Sandhills Global. Hundreds of jobs at the global headquarters here in Lincoln. Head to Sandhills Jobs to apply today. Again,
3: Sandhills Jobs. Global headquarters here in Lincoln. DP, how are you? I'm good, man. It's been—it's uh, been—it's been a minute. Uh, it was good. Got some stories to tell. We'll. We'll tell those later um, in the second hour of the show. Um, But... uh Every now and then the universe the universe connects you to people. and about a year ago we had on, uh, had a fighter on and comes to find out that like this is family. <laughs> this is family. So after UFC weekend it popped in mind, I'm like, I need to have him back on the show. Uh, he's fighting in the next couple of weeks. I was going over to London. He's had quite the journey over the last couple of years, just re upped uh, with UFC. But Rico, if you would please.
2: One underhook is trying to get the other one,
4: but the hand's join that for the body lock. He needs to try and get that right hook, turn it into an underhook.
3: Oh, big, oh, big elbow. That big right, oh, right, right, right hand. Right. Kyle monster oh, Nelson ends right right. oh, it early. My word. The crowd is stunned. Big performance for the Canadian in Mexico. The crowd is stunned, and so is Polo Reyes. That was a huge right <laughs> <hand under-hook. laughs> Let's bring him in, Kyle Monster Nelson. Kyle, how you doing this morning? I'm good, thanks for having me on. oh it's 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 long overdue. We'll do several of these. you're I guess I was telling folks we're family, so i we need to go ahead and take care of that business. Um, first of all, thank you for doing this. Congratulations on getting the 4 fight deal and re-upping. Um you've gone this has been a tough stretch uh, with Covid and uh, travel restrictions and such. Um it's got to be a breath, just you're able to exhale. Uh, finally, having the deal in place and being able to get back on the ro- road and 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 have some fights again.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I've, I've been training, you know, trained through the whole pandemic, and um, you know, still try to be a professional athlete and, and keep everything going. But um, you know, sometimes it was hard without a, you know, kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. So now that we have a fight lined up, it definitely uh, reinvigorated me, and um, yeah, more than I can't be, couldn't be more than excited to. Uh, Head over to London and see uh, for the UFC again.
3: Uh, July 23rd uh, in London. Um, this is uh, Jay Herbert is who you're fighting. Here's, here's my question, first of all. So as the family reaches out, I see pictures of you with Claudia on the mat. And my skin just lit up. First of all, how in the world did you get her on the mat like that? Uh well, it actually started uh, started
4: doing some uh, some pad work with her, some kickboxing and stuff,
3: and then um,
4: she was just coming by the gym all the time, watching me train and stuff. And then uh, she started taking a liking to uh, jujitsu, and now it's now it's hard to keep her off the mat.
3: <laughs> uh, we're here with uh, Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman, uh, my buddy Rico, who who gets us through. And uh, Kyle, I, I have to say, I know how difficult this, this, this life is. But you've also expanded. I want to talk about off the mat training. You, as a coach and a trainer, and you in, doing business in, 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 in Ontario. How, how much has that helped you maintain over the course of the last couple of years? Uh,
4: yeah. So, like, I've always done a little bit of kind of personal training here and there. Um, but yeah, back in December of 2021, um, I opened my own, or my yeah, my own uh, martial arts gym. So that's been um, awesome as far as kind of teaching, you know, kind of the next generation. And then while I'm doing that, I'm going over kind of all my own basics again, and kind of help kind of solidify those in my own game through teaching them to to new newer kids.
5: Uh, Kyle, as you you just mentioned that you're doing some personal training and coaching, um, how has that changed your mindset? Uh, in the sense of you know you got a fight coming up, and you, obviously you're always you know you're fighting for yourself and your family, but you got guys that you're training, so you want to make sure that you represent not only yourself and what you're teaching them as well. Has, has that changed your mindset uh, moving forward?
4: Uh, no, not really. Like I've always I always compete them, um, you know, the same kind of no no matter what uh, what the stakes are or. Or who's watching, or anything like that. Like I always go out there to do my best, and um, yeah, and try and represent for all my my friends and family.
3: Kyle, walk, take us through the walkout, because that that to me is when you talk about mixed martial arts and the UFC, that walk is what people. It's what gets people hype but it also displays who you are as a person and then as a fighter what's going through your mind walking through the curtain making that walk to the octagon what goes through your head
4: uh you know just going over kind of the game plan again visualizing um the fight um but then once i'm like once i'm out of kind of the tunnel and into the crowd you know with um however many tens of thousands of people there i just try and soak it all up it's um you know, it's not something you're going to get a lot of times in life to be, um, you know, I guess kind of center of attention uh, for tens of thousands of people. So I try and soak it up and really enjoy it. Um, and it, it varied for me because I, I've fought in my home uh, country, obviously in like Toronto, uh, Canada, where the, you know, there was 20,000 people cheering for me. And then I fought in Mexico City against um, a Mexican. And then everybody was cheering against me and, you know, um, saying I was going to die and all this kind of crazy (laughs) stuff. Um, So I've had both sides of of the walkout spectrum.
5: Uh, Kyle, talk about – I'm a big on when you finally – or when you win a championship, I think it, you know, really is – it becomes addictive, right? So as you're moving into the UFC, talk about uh, how much you'll draw back on being a featherweight champion in Elite One uh, as you move forward in your UFC career because that championship feeling and what you've done when you get to be the champion – is different than, uh, obviously winning a regular match.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the, the championship means, you know, you're kind of the best right now. Um, you know, there's always champions before you and generally there's, there's always champions after, but kind of for that, you know, split second or however long, um, you know, you're the champion, which means you're the best, um, in the area and the nation, wherever. um, and that's a good feeling because that means, you know, all your hard work's paid off. Um, you know, all those kind of, those mornings when you didn't want to run and those mornings when you didn't want to get up and train, but you did it anyways. And that's where it all kind of pays off. So that's, that's kind of a, like a reminder to get me up every morning. You know, I've had success now um, on like local and regional scenes, like in Canada and stuff. And um, I've had a little bit of success in the UFC. And now that uh, I'm moving up to 155, I think um, we're going to start to see the same success there and start working towards the championship
3: kind walk us through that decision to go from 145 to 155. is that just maturity is that you recognizing how you felt at, at 155 versus 145 and then what do you what's your walk around weight like what do you normally carry and have to cut down to 155
4: Yeah so 145 I started competing when I was like 20 years old um, so I was a lot, lot younger like I didn't I didn't carry as much muscle. It was kind of easier to, to lose weight. And then just as I got older, started you know adding muscle and stuff like that, and the weight just kept getting harder and harder and harder to get down to. And then um, my last, like, three fights, um, all that were in the UFC, I've been able to make the weight, but I just I didn't feel at all um, refueled or ready to go by fight time. No. I think um, I just had to cut so much weight and kind of malnourished myself so much to get down there that there wasn't enough time to kind of, you know, get back to myself, refuel and all that stuff by fight time. So I always generally walk around between 180 and 185. And so when I cut down to 145, it have to be, you know, pretty big cut. And depending on how much notice the UFC gave me, sometimes it'd just be two or three weeks. So I'd have to cut that, um, like 40 pounds and, Two or three weeks. So I think that's kind of where I ran into some trouble as far as not being able to recover from the weight cut.
5: Ooh, God, say, God, say, say, say that again. Say that again. Losing 30 or 40 pounds. I'm <laughs> talking about, I, I have trouble with three or four. So just, <laughs> now you got to dive into how you just go about in the mindset. I mean, I'm really interested in the mindset and the discipline it takes to cut weight down to 145 or even 155.
4: Yeah, it's it's super hard. I mean, it's like you, you're you hungry all the time, Um, you know, depending on how much time we have. Like if we've got two weeks or three weeks, then we basically just do the math. You know, how many calories can I eat? How many pounds do I can lose, you know, per day or per every two days or whatever? And then, yeah, then it's just eating a really small amount and then trying to train, you know, Four or five hours a day, as hard as you
3: can. Kyle just sent everybody in Nebraska to, back to the gym.
4: Right. Like it just Go like every,
3: everybody's going back to the grocery store, going, what, "What have we? What have we done? What have we done?" So between making weight and fight time, how much for you is ideal to put back on? How much weight are you trying to walk in the octagon with? That's that's kind of changed over my
4: career too. When I was when I was younger. Um, I would cut down to 145, and I'd go back up to, like, 170, 172, something like that. Um, now that I'm getting older, I don't I don't like that as much. I feel like I get a little bloated. Like, there's some point where I'm kind of refueling and getting rehydrated, and then I kind of, I used to, I think, eat too much, and then I would kind of almost be sluggish, maybe a little bit bloated, um, and kind of just put too much in my system. To handle especially after the weight cut. So now I'm going to be looking at coming back up to like 165, maybe 170. Um, so just putting back on, you know, maybe 10, 15 pounds, and then um, I'll probably be lighter than uh, most other 55ers. But I don't think that's really going to matter because I got the strength to back it up.
5: Kyle, one more question for me is, uh, you know, as I look at, you know, when you how you're putting guys out um how has your style changed uh maybe say from being a puncher to now yeah i think you know you can put people in a rear naked chokehold which is <laughs> I, I think is the best name for i call it a sleep medicine that you guys put people in uh just explain how you've kind of grown as a fighter uh maybe start out as a puncher then maybe you know added some submission game to your your repertoire as well yeah so, uh, so when i
4: was really young i actually started i started with jujitsu. so my my submission game was was really strong, but then of course once I got in there, you know I got hitting people and I kind of fell in love with that. So I became right. um, <laughs> more of a stand-up fighter because um, I wasn't as as skilled at it back then. So I started traveling around, training a bit more down here at House Champions, and I improved my you know kind of my the technique, um, and then kind of got really good at at the at the kickboxing and Muay Thai aspect of it. Um, But then, you know, going into the UFC, we got to round everything out. we got to make sure that my wrestling is up to par, um, that my jiu-jitsu is up to par. So, again, over the last couple of years, we've been putting some extra time in on that stuff to make sure that I'm able to, uh, you know, start submitting some, uh, some of these UFC guys if I need to.
3: Kyle, amongst what you do, who are the fighters that you enjoy watching? Uh, it's like when GSP was fighting George St Pierre,
4: he was he was one of my favorites. Um, and he, he slowed down a little bit towards the end. I think he started, you know, being a little bit safer and, and stuff like that. Um, but I always always liked his style and how he approached each fight. So he would he would switch it up. Some fights he'd be a wrestler if he was fighting, uh, you know, like a Muay Thai guy, or he'd be a striker if he was fighting a wrestler. So his ability to adapt to each opponent, um, I really appreciate
3: it. It's going to be interesting, again, with all the travel restrictions that you've been working around and under to get to London. I know that a fight was missed because of of visa issues. They couldn't pull the trigger and get it done in time. Um, How much pressure has it taken off of you to know that now you'll be able to travel, get back in the fight game, you've got the four-fight deal, does it make it easier for you going forward? Yeah,
4: yeah, definitely. I mean it's still it's still a little weird here as far as travel in uh Canada. Like they uh, still have some some restrictions and stuff, and there's a lot of stuff going on at the airports, like they're canceling a lot of flights and losing everyone's luggage, and there's a lot of um weird little rules about that. But um I've seen a couple like a bunch of other Uh, Canadian UFC fighters travel to fight, and it seems like they haven't um, run into too many problems. So hopefully it'll be uh, a smooth trip.
3: Kyle, listen, um, we're going to do so many more of these because I want to pick your brain about the fight game, um, get some insight on on the process, uh, and and do that. But also, I want to celebrate you because, again, you've added to the family, um, you have been kind and generous, and warm and welcoming, and it is appreciated, uh, my friend. I have to tell you, I'm 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 thrilled for what's coming for you. I know you've been waiting, you've been patient, and you put in the work. Um, we'll be cheering for you uh, on the 23rd, and then after the 23rd, we'll get you back on. And we'll talk a little more fighting uh, with you if you uh, make time for us.
4: Awesome, that sounds great. I really love coming
3: on. That is Kyle the Monster Nelson. Canadian fighter and look, look in the UFC game. There's only 500 men who, who who have the contracts. Right, Kyle's one of them. So that tells you uh, the standard in quality. Listen, give uh, Claudia a hug for me, please, kind sir. Pet them young boys of yours on the head. Um, you're a great father. You're a great man. Um, looking forward to your victory here in London. Coming up on the 23rd. Yeah, thank you very much. That's Kyle Nelson. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Nelson. We'll we'll throw the break when we come back. Rico, break it down for us. Tell us what's up here on 937 The Ticket.
2: You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 937 The Ticket and theticketfm.com